Hello, hello. I wanted to go over a couple of announcements with you before we jump in today's awesome show with Miss Vanessa Rodriguez of Wildly Rooted, which I can't wait to share with you. So first, make sure that you are signed up for my email list. Two weeks from now, starting the 29th, I am going to begin sharing awesome tools that you can utilize in your life immediately. I'll be talking more about them as the date kind of gets closer, but make sure that you are on the email list by that week. And number two, if you have been enjoying this podcast, I ask that you share it with your friends, family, that you rate it on iTunes, and that you share it on social media. I'm having a blast with it. I love interacting with you all, and I definitely want to keep growing this community. So please help me if you have been enjoying this. It would be the greatest compliment. Thank you so much, and enjoy today's interview. Welcome to Soul Driven, a podcast dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for life inspiration, practical how-tos, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, and I am your host. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, and thank you so much for joining us for another Soul Driven interview. These interviews are with people from all walks of life who have discovered their true soul purpose, are living it out every day, and have lots of wisdom to share with us. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Vanessa Rodriguez. She is a functional nutritionist, certified health counselor, and intuitive nourishment guide. Through her holistic wellness company, Wildly Rooted, and her podcast, Feed Your Wild, Vanessa's mission is to get to the root of our collective dis-ease and remember the soul back into medicine through radical nourishment of mind, body, and spirit. Vanessa has worked in private practice since 2011, combining the science and spirituality of food and herbs using a modern functional approach, intuitive guidance, and ancestral wisdom for earth-honoring traditions. Vanessa is core faculty at Hawthorne Institute and works as a lead nutritionist at Northwest Memory Center, holds a BA in International Studies from University of Chicago, a master's in human nutrition and functional medicine from University of Bridgeport, multiple nutrition coaching trainings and membership with functional nutrition educators. She has also been trained as an Akashic Records reader, psychic intuitive, and studied cross-cultural healing techniques, weaving earth-honoring teachings with ancestral health. Excuse my tongue tied there. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Vanessa. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, there's a lot in there. <laughs> yes. Well, you have this way of words. You always, you have always used, I think, just like whole hearty words with anything that I've seen you do online. And I'm used to lots of small words like, like, and... <laughs> So I get tripped up pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, I trip myself up <laughs> for sure. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. We can all jump back up. 
So we're going to dive right in and I've got my big question. What makes you soul driven? Yes, I've been thinking about this question uh, and there's so many different answers and I was like, okay, well, what wants to come through today? Like what feels most relevant to what's happening right now and in my body? And, you know, I think working, having worked with the soul and on a soul level with people for so long, I see that we are all soul driven. We are always soul driven. But um, what I think has led me to a life where I feel like I'm actually living a life that's soul driven is having an experience for a very long time of not doing so. So like contrast and, um, and experiencing a lot of resistance and pain when you're living a life that is not soul driven. And because you know, we all have that inner compass and GPS and we always have those messages and those feelings in our body and our heart, uh, maybe, you know, synchronistically or like things just not working or feeling stuck, all of those things related to living a life that maybe isn't in full alignment or soul driven. And so I've had a lot of contrast in my life. <laughs> I've had a lot of resistance and experiences of pain. And I would say that those are the biggest catalysts to uh, eventually moving into a life that is a lot more in flow and really soul-driven. So that's, that's something that is, you know, not easy to do. I don't think it has to be that way for everybody. But in my experience, my personal experience, that's the way it has unfolded for me in my life and i see that in working with a lot of people with challenges and experiencing a lot of you know contrast in their life and by contrast i mean you're not you're not having what you want you're not experiencing what you truly desire even if you don't know what you desire you know because you might ask somebody well what do you want and you're like i don't know like i don't know what i want but i know i don't want this and so that's a signpost that is telling you maybe this isn't in full alignment so um yeah, so I was just sitting here thinking about that and in total like appreciation and gratitude for those moments of contrast and, and even for that pain. You know, a lot of that, if you were to ask me, honestly, if you were to ask me, would you change that? I'd probably say, yeah, <laughs> in a heartbeat, like my mom. I'd, I'd take my mom back in a heartbeat who passed away. Um, but was her passing a painful experience that was a catalyst in my life, a thousand percent, you know? So, um, yeah, <laughs> kind of big answer, but that's what I was feeling this morning. Yeah, no, I love that. I absolutely love that. I think first, um, I remember when I read Conversations with God, oh, probably four or five years ago, where he talked about the necessity for contrast in our life and in our existence and how, you know, like we don't know love until we know hate. We don't like, these are just, these are just necessary parts of our life. You know, how can we know true happiness if we haven't known pain? How can we know real growth in our life if we haven't known stagnation? You know, I think that, right. that that's such a, a powerful way of looking at it. Um, because of course, when it does come to that, that difference of just existing 
versus existing with purpose and being aware of that, I think the majority of us have to get to that place in life where we are so uncomfortable or sick or, you know, experience something devastating, like losing your mother to really rattle us enough to say, okay, like no more. Um, since you brought that up, I would love for you to share that story since that's such an integral part of everything that you do now. Yeah. Well, it, this year is the 10th anniversary of my mom's passing. So she died in January of 2010. And I had been already on a path of healing, I would say, um, for myself prior to, she, she passed from breast cancer and she journeyed with it for about six years. And I was always interested in health and wellness, but uh, more from the perspective of a dancer. I was a, a performer and, and dancer um, and wasn't doing it professionally. And so I was interested in my body and, and taking care of my body, but I didn't really know how. I got into college. Um, all throughout my childhood, I've had lots of physical health issues. Um, you know, some, I'll just name some chronic acid reflux, digestive issues. Um, so like IBS or constipation, low bowels throughout my life, which is something a lot of these my mom also had. So I thought that, oh, these are inherited. This is my fate. Um, acne, insomnia as a kid. Um, gosh, uh, I would have, I, now looking back, I can name what they are. Although at the time I was like, why am I experiencing this? All these crazy symptoms like fainting, um, you know, dizziness, like hair falling out by the time I got into college. And then my, we got the diagnosis for my mom that she had breast cancer and my health tanked even more. Um, now looking back, I know that it was most likely uh, for sure, stress-induced thyroid issues. So lots of um, hypothyroid symptoms that you might experience for those who maybe experience thyroid symptoms. So hair falling out, weight gain, puffiness, inflammation, um, immunity was super low, like all of that kind of stuff and couldn't figure things out. So I started experimenting with diet and because that's one thing that I'm like, okay, that's one thing I can't control. My grandmothers always told me food is medicine, although, you know, that wasn't something that fully sank in and I didn't understand it at the level that they were really speaking into it because they grew up on farms in Puerto Rico making their own food and growing, you know, growing their own herbs and foods and maybe not having access so much to um, what we would say, you know, the modern Western healthcare system. And that was lost when my family came to Chicago. My grandparents, both of them, immigrated to Chicago, and that's where my parents met. And, um, and so as my mom started to get sick and started to get treatment, went down that path, I was uh, on the side researching. I'm a researcher. And so this was, uh, I mean, how many? This is like 16 years ago, right? So this. I, I, the internet was not the same as it is now. Now it's phenomenal what you can find. It is just incredible. It would take me hours 
to find things that like literally you type in and Google already tells you what you're looking for, you know? And so I think we're just living in such an incredible time. But yeah, so I found myself in these like forums, these super edgy, you know, fringe alternative healthcare forums <laughs> and like just talking to people and looking at all these different cleanses that people were doing and devices like biohacking essentially. And I was like, oh my God, and hearing the stories. And it was this whole world that opened up to me and I got hooked right away, super obsessed. And so I, you know, as I was completing my studies and like found a job that was totally not aligned, but it just worked practically because I needed money to help support you know, myself and the family. And all the while, um, accumulating information for my mom. And so we started to experiment. Um, but it wasn't really until my, my mom got the notice from her doctor that there was nothing more that they could do for her. And that, you know, essentially predicting her death within the next few months. And so it was when my parents received that that message of there is no more that we can do for you in the Western medical system, that they looked to us, myself and my siblings, who were kind of like doing this, you know, guerrilla researching of alternative methods and saying, hey, kids, like, what do you have? Because now we have no choice but to do that, which unfortunately, that was the case. You know, I think a lot of maybe traditional families are like that, where um, it's scary. You know, you want to listen to the professional that you're paying, the doctor, and sometimes they don't have the whole story. You know, I think our, our West, the Western medical paradigm has really shifted away from um, what, you know, the, the power, the intuitive healing powers, the intrinsic healing powers that our body has. And, um, and so is this path at that point for us to kind of circle back and come back to it and it started with food. And so we radically changed our diet as a family. We started incorporating herbs and supplements and healers and alternative methods. And that's really where I saw the power of our own bodies to heal. So a lot of the symptoms that I was experiencing were gone. Like I no longer had, um, chronic acid reflux, digestive issues. I was sleeping great. I felt incredible. I was at my ideal weight where, you know, looking back, people might say, well, you didn't really have a weight problem, but it's more around like inflammation and feeling really good in your body, you know, because I think you could be healthy at, at any weight. Um, and so all of these things were going away. And I was like, this is a freaking miracle. Like our bodies are amazing. And it really led me to dive deeper into the powers of our body. And I wanted to help others. Well, at that point, it was too late for my mom in the game to really turn things around. There was a lot of other stuff, complications and, you know, the system like you, we ran out of money. We couldn't afford to pay for things out of pocket anymore. None of the alternative healing modalities were covered by insurance. And so for I, I really feel for a lot of people who don't have the resources um, and 
we did as much as we could, but it, it wasn't quite enough. And so my mom ended up passing away in January of 2020, I'm 2010. And that, that event, like I'd mentioned earlier, was um, probably the most difficult and transformative experience of my life. And I remember this moment because she, we were with her when she died in the hospital. She was in the hospice center of the hospital. And the day after she died and we were driving back home, it's like so surreal for anybody who's lost a loved one, you know, and like the day after, it's the most surreal thing. And we're driving back home and I had this heartfelt experience, like very embodied experience that I was here to help others so that they didn't have to suffer the same fate. And by that, I mean, I was able to change my health in my life. While I was not able to change my mom's fate, there was a lineage of dis-ease that I stopped at myself. And it, it wasn't going to go forward living through this body. Because as I mentioned earlier, I, I was... I looked very much like my mom. We share phenotypically, we're very similar. I had a lot of the same symptoms. When I was younger, she was like, oh yeah, like with the terrible periods or the asthma, like, oh yeah, that just runs in the family. That's how I was. That's how your grandmother was. And I was like, no, <laughs> this is stopping here. And so it really is my part of my mission to help others to um, stop that lineage of disease within their own line lineage within their own bodies, but also within our communities and the collective. And I think we're seeing this now more than ever that change it, it needs to happen, like it has to. Um, and especially when it comes to really supporting ourselves and our bodies with the rates of chronic illness, like crazy exponential and on the rise. We can't sustain this. We're so sick as a society and a collective. And so what I have found is a huge component of that is bringing soul back into medicine and that remembrance of our intuitive capacities and our ability to heal um, ourselves. So, you know, that's evolved over the past decade. And um, yeah, gosh, it has been such a crazy and beautiful journey. So I'm, I'm grateful for being here, but yeah, that's a little bit of how I got here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for sharing about your mom. And I mean, I think that when I first came across um, you, which I started listening to, of course, your podcast last fall, and then started diving deeper because I was like, she's cool. I need to know more. <laughs> um, but when I read that story, I just, you know, my, my father is like my favorite person in this world. And anytime I read about anyone losing their parent, like, I mean, all I have to do is think about it. And, and I start, you know, like getting all teared up because it's just yeah. um, like my, my father had an accident a couple of years ago and really he should have passed away, but thankfully he didn't. Wow. But like when you just shared now, like the day after, you know, like 
when this happened to my father, I was actually the one he called. I was the one who went, was able to help and all of that. And I was good. I was on top of it. Adrenaline was kicked in. I was calm. And the next day I was like, yeah, totally fell apart because it was like, I realized, you know, my, my father's like, he's not immortal. He's not going to live forever. So um, I just think it's such a powerful story that you have. Um, I'd love to know more. I, you touched on it briefly, and it was certainly something I wanted to talk with you about. But in regards to health and our genes, you know, do you think it's capable, like we're capable of changing our genes irregardless of what we've got going on inside, you know, when it comes to our nutrition and our, the, the future of our wellness? Yeah. Well, in my understanding, we come here with a blueprint, so to speak. And, you know, this blueprint, just like, you know, we can use the analogy of a blueprint of a home. We can create and build a structure that looks different depending on, you know, what's added. Do we decide to actually like raise that thing or not, even though the potential is there because the blueprint has it laid out. And so just like with our genes, we might come here with a signature blueprint, but what gets expressed and turns on and off is really dependent on the environment and our, our choices on all these different levels. And we can also make radical shifts that then, you know, we, in simplistic language, turn on or off certain genes, even though it's a lot more complicated than that. So I saw that in myself. I had the, that blueprint for what disease might look like for me. And then through dietary lifestyle shifts and also shifts in terms of, you know, stress reduction and tapping into spirituality and living a soul-driven life, a lot of those started to shut off the disease sort of, you know, blueprint potentials. And a lot more turns on. And it's my belief that we have also the capacity to turn on and express things that maybe in our line, in our lineage, were never turned on. We didn't even know that we had because they're there dormant, you know, or coming in. I feel like we are so much more than our genes. And even just at the genetic level with epigenetics, like even when we stage us there, we know so much that our environment, the microbes, the toxins, all of that has an impact on what gets expressed, what doesn't, how it's expressed, et cetera. And then beyond that, we have our soul and our energy body and then plugging into like the collective energy. And you know, if we want to even go into quantum and morphogenic fields, like there's so much beyond the genes that informs our expression of who we are. So I, that's why I'm, I'm the forever optimist always. Like, you know, even when my mom was super sick, I was like, we could change this. We could <laughs> shift this, you know, but ultimately it's, it's up to the individual and it's up to their path, like what they agreed to come here to do. And so you can't force anything upon anyone or force anyone to do anything. Um, but coming back to oneself, it's really, about choice 
and and education, of course, like figuring out what does serve you, what doesn't serve you. Um, so there's that investigative process that we all have to have. But yeah, I just get so excited about the new sciences and what we're figuring out, just scratching the very surface of, I think, our potential as humans. Yeah, I, I think that what's something I really admire about you is that you have your hands in all of these different areas, these different modalities or different, I don't, I don't even know if they're modalities necessarily, but um, my acupuncturist had shared with me just this past year, uh, I mentioned something to her, I can't remember what we were talking about, and she was like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in genes. And I was like, really? And she said, yeah. And I was like, like, I just knew immediately that that was true in my heart. You know, I was like, oh, I, this is awesome. This is what an empowering, what an empowering idea to not only hear, but really take root in, you know, that like, okay, so there's cancer in, you know, my mother's side of the family, all the women, whatever, breast cancer. Okay. That doesn't mean that this is my future. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that you expanded on that in regards to just like all of the different places that you have studied just thus far, like where did you start and where did you even know to start? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I started with like the one I started with myself because that's the one like free and accessible thing is <laughs> paying attention and experimenting with the self and trying um, trying out a lot of the things that I was finding through these like random forums and online, <laughs> which, you know, so sort of like the self-experimentation biohacking and seeing how it impacted me and how it changed things in my experience and in my body. And that, and also reading the story of others and connecting with others. And literally I'd like write to other people or hop on a call and hop on a phone to talk about them and their experience eventually asking teachers asking people who are teaching this stuff that's i mean that really is the nexus like the beginning of what eventually became the podcast like years and years and years later i was i just was insatiable with my my curiosity for information and gathering um these teachings because like you said like i felt so much to be true and I was like, how do I know that to be true in my body when I didn't have this experience? And I, and I feel we all have that, you know, you all have that experience when someone tells you something, you're like, oh, that's a thousand percent true. How do I know that? You know, you feel it in your body and that's your guiding post. So navigating those realms with, with myself. And then eventually um, I decided, well, if I want to start supporting others and also continue to always learn, because I feel like I'm a forever student. I feel so many of us are forever students of life. Then I have to get some kind of formal training. And um, I was like, what is the, what is both aligned and also really accessible to me right now? Right now, I don't want to like, go back to school, start it all over. I don't have the money. I didn't have the time. So much um, energy and time was given to my family and my mom because I was taking care of her for a lot of the, the time that she was sick. Um, 
so I decided, oh, health coaching. I came across this thing. What's, health, what's this health coaching thing? That sounds pretty cool. And, you know, hearing other people who were health coaches and what that was all about. And so I thought that was, well, this is a really, you know, easy and also a way that feels integritous to me to, to learn this stuff and apply it in my own life and my family and experiment. Um, and of course, you know, you have those people around you who are reflecting back to you or maybe nudging you along. So like my boyfriend at the time was like, yeah, you know, maybe you should check out this health coaching. So the, all these different signs. And, um, and so that's how I started. I got into health coaching while I was working in this, um, you know, eight to five job in an office and like the financial alternative finance sector. Uh, totally not aligned. I like, it's <laughs> wow. so interesting how these things <laughs> line up but it was probably the best job of like I could sit on my butt there was no stress um I didn't have to take work home with me you know it was just very um pragmatic and it worked for us at that time to to bring in income and so I used, I was able to save money and use that to, toward my education. And that's how, how I started. And then, you know, that blossoms. It's like the more you learn, you're like, oh, this feels good. That doesn't feel good. And you just start following the path. So for me, it really shaped into more focusing on nutrition and then functional medicine and then going deeper into more programs. And the more I got clarity, the more I understood, okay, this is the next step I have to take. I mean, I... I had no idea where I was going, right? <laughs> just like you literally are just going down the path. And then when you get to the crossroads and you tune in, you're like, okay, what feels like the best next step? And then that's, that's where I went. So it eventually led through even more formal training and going back to school for my master's and, um, and getting certified and all of that. But all the while, also having the soul and spiritual elements within my own life. So I kept that on a personal level and started um, working with a mentor and learned um, to access the Akashic records and built a relationship with them and was working in this mentorship with Akashic records and then also, you know, supporting like psychic intuitive stuff that was all opening up for me in this and for this process it was definitely an awakening process an initiatory process for me. And I didn't eventually merge those until um, I had been working with several clients who kept coming back and they were wanting more for me around an intuitive approach. And I think, you know, if anybody has this experience where people ask you for things that you feel like you're not ready to provide or give or, or do, but that's, that's probably a sign that maybe if there's multiple people that see this in you, um, that you might be stopping yourself from stepping into that. And so really, really getting curious around that. So that's what I did. And I was like, okay, there was also all this stuff of like, you know, like, I think a lot of the things that stop us, like, well, what will people think of me? I'm like, I was working at this office, which was super, I mean, finances, right? And like, <laughs> even though some of my coworkers would come to me during lunch for tarot readings, right? But it was like on the down low, it was like, even though I had a glass office, everybody could see us, but like we hid and we like <laughs> did our tarot readings in the conference room. And, and so um, that was like, okay, I have to merge this. Why am I hiding? Like, this is 
part of who I am and I'm hiding it. And yet there's a, there's a lot around with why am I hiding this, you know, and I think that's true for so many people. But eventually um, I moved through those fears and those blocks and I merged that work. And when I did, it was like, duh, of course, what? Like this, of course, I'm merging this intuitive and this soul driven path and way of living um, and healing along with the science that I was really grounded in, in my nutrition work and my health and wellness work. And, um, and now it's just ever expanding from there. I can't imagine not having that. Now I feel like people, the majority of people come to me for the intuitive and the Akashic readings, you know, which I think maybe now in this time where we were really needing more of like just connecting back to our soul and our intuition. I think there's a big movement in people to do so. So, so yeah, that's where I am today. It was a really windy path. <laughs> I know where I was going. <laughs> well, first of all, I have like 10 questions um, and 50 things to say, but um, I'll reel it in. So first I'd love to ask you just a really practical question. You kind of mentioned in the beginning that you were, um, you know, that you first started practicing on yourself. And I think it'd be cool to just kind of explain to folks and, and we can use, um, so like for example, uh, I have been doing a lot of reading about the digestion, digestive system mm -hmm. and have read in multiple places, bitters just kept popping up to me. You know, the bitters is really good to take. And so I got, I ordered some from a woman who makes it herself and, um, and I've been doing that for about hmm, probably three weeks. I actually just ordered a second bottle because I feel like things are getting better, but I'm not sure. Like in the midst of that, what's, what's like a practical kind of time frame that folks can either be like, yes, this is helping or no, this really isn't making a difference. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it also depends on, well, it depends on the individual. It depends on um, what it is that you're experimenting with. Um, if it's something around like bringing a remedy for a specific ailment, how long have you been journeying with that ailment? It's probably not going to, you know, if it's been with you your whole life, sometimes it'll take a year, you know, to, to get through. For some people, it's, it's overnight. Maybe it's like a, one thing that, for example, um, I've had clients where, they were super reluctant to fully take out like dairy or gluten, right? Those are sort of the top two that we all kind of know and hear about. And when they do, they see radical change. Now, does that mean they're never going to be able to have dairy and gluten again? No, not necessarily. Um, for some of them, that change is slower because there's other stuff going on. Um, and especially when I'm coming back to your example when working with herbs and, and bitters, they're a lot gentler than pharmaceuticals and, um, you know, something like, for example, a digestive enzyme or a proton pump inhibitor. So antacid, if you were to take, if you have like acid reflux, that works like that typically, but there's usually side effects and pr you're not supposed to use them for a long time. Um, even with supplements in general, I feel like you shouldn't be on them forever, every day, 
And I, I'm a huge believer in um, rhythm and rotation and the seasons of our life, as well as the seasons and the environments that we're living in. So really calibrating everything to all of that. That's why we have to stay so present with our body and really uh, get in tune with how things are affecting our body. Um, so with, with bitters, it might be like, oh, okay, well, this is helping a little bit, it feels like. Let me continue to do this. And if maybe you don't see the, the desired effect or like anything within three months, then looking deeper, like what else might be going on here that is not allowing you to digest very well? Because uh, I don't believe anything is a panacea, right? I think we're just so complex as these supraorganisms. There's a lot going on. So <laughs> it's bringing in this very, uh, the art of formulation, if you will, with what works for you. And, you know, with some people, it's even more to tuning into stress rather than bringing something externally like a supplement or an herb or changing their diet it could be well if nothing is working but you still have a relationship that is causing you a lot of pain then it's nothing is probably going to work because that might be one of the big roots of what's going on here and, um, and we could see that on all these different levels, mind, body, spirit, right? So even at the physiological level, it's revving up, revving up your, your adrenals and your stress response, your nervous system. When your nervous system is like, ooh, you know, constricted or having to deal with something all the time, it can't, heal, it can't allow an, an environment for healing. And it's constantly communicating to the other organisms in our body that, it's not okay, things are not okay. And so everybody is up in arms, right? When we're experiencing something that is a chronic stressor. And I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges that we have as a collective um, in today's world is the constant bombardment of stressors, whether that's you know through toxins or even now like technology, EMFs and the blue light, like getting us outside of our natural rhythms that were programmed, designed, our human bodies are designed to live in. Does that mean that we can't live them in, in that environment optimally? No, but we definitely need to make some shifts and changes. And some people are just more sensitive. Um, you know, and that sensitivity can be a gift, but uh, we need to really take care of ourselves. So I know that was kind of, that answer went all over the place, but I think it kind of is coming back to self-assessment and looking, I, I, the way that I work through this with clients is we call it the sacred ecology, looking at the sacred ecology of your life and all these different areas of your life, um, you know, not just your food and not just the movement, but your actual home environment, the quality of your relationships, right? Like all this stuff that we know that is part of the food of our soul um, and we need to really tend to those areas. And usually it's the areas that we kind of put off and resist the longest. Those are the ones that we usually need to look at and they hold the key that allows, you know, real healing to come in. So yeah, I know that's true for myself. I have a, I still have uh, resistance to going into specific areas 
And I know that I, and I know that, oh, there's something there. Isn't that interesting? And why have it, why do I keep distracting myself and like moving along and, you know, like, oh, I have to focus on, let's bring in more supplements here because I know how, what to do. Um, as like a professional, I have that. And I think, I think everybody who becomes sort of like a professional in their area, we have our blind spots because, you know, we think we know, but really like the more, you know, the less, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah. Um, but self-attunement and assessment, I think is the first place. Yeah. Well, I, I think we could do like an entire show on just stress in and of itself. And the environmental factors are enormous, enormous. I mean, I just, you know, like you said, if you're, if you're in a long-term relationship and it's not going well, or it's, it's not a healthy relationship, it's not a healthy, you know, it's not making you smile. It's like every day you feel insecure or whatever the case may be. I mean, you, your stomach's going to start hurting. You're going to have headaches to probably have problems sleeping. Like all kinds of things are going to come from, from just that in and of itself. As soon as you started talking, I was like, of course, there's like a bajillion variables <laughs> in that question. Um, so one of the things that, um, let me think here for a second. Oh, sorry, before I go too much further, what I'd love for you to do is um, explain what uh, functional nutrition is. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, So functional nutrition is part of a larger umbrella of functional medicine. So obviously with functional nutrition, we're really looking at food food as medicine and and that very specific area. Functional medicine um, really looks at, so it brings, it incorporates ancient perspectives um, of looking at the whole person. Um, so it's a whole center, a whole person-centered approach, versus in the you know, conventional Western paradigm, in the medical system, it's more looking at well, what does this person have, and looking at the disease state, and then going down a checklist. So there isn't a whole lot of customization there. Uh, functional medicine really looks at, for example, through Ayurveda and TCM these really ancient traditions that are like, well, we're more than just a physical body and just what we were speaking into, our relationships, our quality of relationships, as one example, that those are part of our ecology and part of our body experience. And we really need to be looking at things related to our health. It's also um, a systems approach too. So we're looking at how our organ systems are all interconnected. So while yes, it could be helpful to go to a specialist if like that specialist knows a ton about, let's say your gastroenterologist about the gut, but we, for example, we have this butt, uh, this butt, we have this, <laughs> that too. We got the butt brain connection. We got the, the gut brain connection. And, um, and so if you're experiencing mood issues, increased anxiety, depression, you better believe your gut has something to do with it because we have these neural, literal neuronal connection to the gut brain, your second brain in your gut and what's going on there. Um, and it's so common that I see this, but your gastroenterologist is not going to think about that necessarily, right? Because they're siloed. And so functional medicine brings it all together, looks at the whole body, the whole system, and the whole person. And, um, and then there's also 
a lot of times going deeper through functional testing. So if you go to a conventional medical practitioner, you know, you might get your regular lab work. It's like your a complete blood count with dif differentiation. You have differentials, you have like your metabolic panel and then that's it. So, or for example, like when you're looking at your thyroid, and I'm getting kind of technical here, but just to kind of describe. So if you like you look, you go to a regular doctor and you're saying, I think I there's something going on with my thyroid. And they're like, okay, let's check. And they pull just a number on your TSH, um, which is the thyroid stimulating hormone. Well, that's not enough information. And so with functional testing, you go deeper, you look at um, a wider array of things that might be going on. You might look at like stool tests, a comprehensive stool analysis, which is looking at what's going on in your gut. Um, there's a lot of different ways to look at what's actually going on in here, inside this body, and through deeper functional testing. So there's a lot more with functional medicine, but those are kind of the key components in practice. And so with functional nutrition, it's looking at how do we utilize food as medicine to support the whole person, to support the whole systems approach, um, and that there isn't one specific diet that's good for everybody. Everyone is different, and everyone will have their, like I mentioned, their seasons of their different, their lives. So maybe something worked for you in your 20s, and it ain't going to work for you in your 40s, you know? Like, so you got to look at what is right for me right now, where I am in the stage of my life, and where I'm living, and how I'm living. And so that's what functional nutrition is really looking at, um, getting really granular with the customization of that approach, and then also utilizing maybe um, supplementation to help somebody if there's some deficiencies or imbalances and things like that. And so that's, yeah, that's in a nutshell, functional medicine and nutrition. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be good to just kind of define, because it's not a word that, that you hear often, you know, like it's just not a part of the everyday, like you hear nutritionists, um, you hear doctor, you hear like whatever, you know, but you don't hear um, functional nutritionist very often. So I'd love to um, kind of take a step back and ask you a question and then kind of move into a little bit of a different direction. Um, sure. But uh, my question is kind of talking about like, you know, in the midst of your journey, something I loved that you talked about was, you know, like those little breadcrumbs along the way, you know, like you started with with this and then you latched onto this and then it took you here. Um, as we kind of like move into more of talking about all things fun and spiritual, um, were there like, how, how did you navigate those decisions, those crossroads kind of that you talked about? Um, you know, did you make incorrect decisions along the way? Were you kind of like always on board? Like, um, I call it following the joy, <laughs> but I feel like maybe that doesn't always happen, but I'd love to know kind of how you navigated that. Yeah. It wasn't always cute. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like this is such a, you know, people, people see someone who has, you know, gone from a huge experience like yourself, like losing your mother, kind of how things originated in the past. And then all of a sudden, typically when we come to know about them, like, you know, they've had, hello, 10 years of doing this. But I think it's really interesting 
the, the journey in regards to making those decisions along the way. Yeah. I, I think this is really important too. Um, and why I, it, it's always important for me and I thank you for allowing me to share my story. I love sharing my story because um, it's, it's so easy, like you said, to look at some, somebody and make a snap judgment about like who they are, where they are, where they came from. And very often like making excuses also, like for maybe why you weren't there. And what I want to say is I totally experienced that. I, I experienced for years, like compare and despair. Like, why can't I be there? Why can't I have the health that she has? I'm doing all the right things. Or why isn't this business working? Like I'm, you know, giving it a thousand percent, like that kind of stuff. And so, um, coming back to looking at these breadcrumbs and the crossroads, sometimes I would move through them in an aligned way that was rare, <laughs> you know, like that easy flow state aligned way. I feel like I'm a slow learner in the sense of applying it to my life because I think I'm a fast learner when it comes to accumulating knowledge. But then in actually making shifts, I'm kind of slow. So I stayed in that job that I had mentioned way longer than I needed to. And it was universe that kind of uh, conspired to kick me out of there <laughs> versus me taking that step. And, you know, I think many of us experience that, right? So um, it's not, it hasn't been easy for me to make those big leaps that maybe it is for others. I tend to make smaller steps toward something that feels uh, good versus like that big leap. Um, and I think that's okay, you know, in different times of one's life. How I navigated that journey and like how I made a decision of this way or that way, um, I would say a lot of, before I had a, a very aligned spiritual practice because now I pray, I access the records, I tune into my interests. It's much, quote, easier, <laughs> I feel for me because I feel it a lot more and I have more tools and access. Um, but before that, it was, I, I remember feeling the pain, like feeling the pain and the resistance. And it was then more so about choosing the path that felt less painful. You know, it was as easy as that, like choosing the path that maybe it was scarier, but it felt less painful. And so that's what I would say led me in the very beginning before I kind of understood how to really, uh, like, what did it mean to follow my path or my bliss or my joy? You know, I felt like I didn't really understand that before. Um, and also paying attention. So that was, that was probably the first uh, message I received that I can remember that was like this, well, in my adult life, in this journey, right? In, in sort of like my path related to my health and my career. Uh, but I remember this time I was starting my, my studies in, in spirituality and with Akashic Records. And I remember hearing a voice and it said, pay attention. <laughs> and it kept coming to me, pay attention, pay attention. I was like, pay attention to what? I'm paying attention. I'm here. I'm like looking. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't fully understand what that meant until Powerful. years later. Yeah. 
And it's like, holy shit, like that kind of pay attention. It's like dropping in and opening the inner eye. And, um, and that took practice. That took years. That took practice. Some people, it's, it's a lot easier in that path. You know, they have it already within them. I feel like a lot of the younger generations are like born ready. They're like, we're here to do the work. (laughs) We see all the bullshit happening. And, um, yeah, that was not my, it, it was a, it was a reclamation process. It was a reawakening and a remembrance. And it continues to be that for me. Um, and so then when I started to really feel into, oh, pay attention, then I was paying attention all the time. And I would look and I would watch and I would, and also related to myself. So I was in observer mode. So I wasn't as attached to like the triggers and the reactions that maybe I was more of a prisoner to before. I was able to distance myself from that and see what was happening, like the strings that were being pulled and see that, oh, that's not me, that's conditioning, or that's not me, that's habit. And being able to unravel that, but you know, for anybody listening who's like, oh gosh, I'm like there, like that's where I am. <laughs> I just want to say, have so much compassion and patience with yourself. It doesn't, you don't have to be anywhere. You're perfect where you are. And it's, um, it's just more of a commitment. Coming back to that commitment to yourself that you're going to commit to your growth. You're going to commit to your path, even if you don't know. You can't see it. You can't see two feet in front of you. But you're going to trust. And once you make that commitment to the trust, oh, my gosh, it becomes so much easier because it's almost like, you know, worlds part for you. Energetically, things open up for you. So I think that's where it really starts. It's just like this paying attention and recommitting to yourself and, and building that trust. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. It's a, I mean, I call it a, or I, I should say, it's not like I've been calling it that. Um, but I just recently have started calling it the, like the surrender. You know, that, that was like the word that was coming to me a lot in the midst of breadcrumb after breadcrumb. Like you, I think I'm someone who I can absorb large amounts of information very quickly and like I can learn very quickly. But actually like the action, you know, like where it gets integrated takes a lot more time. And I get really frustrated because my brain works so fast. So like, why doesn't life work so fast? (laughs) And we wouldn't really want that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. so now that you shared with uh, or talked about the Akash records a couple of times, I definitely want to dive into that. Um, you know, I've also been reading the Akashic records um, and I, I love geeking out about them. And of course you read my records. You were the very first person who read my records. So you'll always so be. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess first we should, describe if you could share with folks kind of what the Akashic records are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I like to use an analogy that my teacher um, taught me because I feel I, I learned through like story and metaphor and analogy. I think so many of us do. And so the Akashic records, if we were to imagine this um, sacred database, like a Google or an iCloud, 
that holds and stores the vibrational imprints, the files um, of everything that has vibration. You, your soul file, the every thought, word, deed, sentient being, um, inanimate object that has vibration because they have vibration as well. And so all of that is stored and recorded in what's called the Akashic Records. And so this is a... Um, a field, if you will, and we're looking at this now, people are talking about the records quantumly from the quantum perspective. So zero point field or this collective field that we can plug into. And there's constant communication and, um, and vibrations that are hold that we can tap into. So when I'm working with the Akasha, and by the way, Akasha um, is Sanskrit for sky and the ethers, right? And so this Akasha that we can't see, but we can feel into and we can plug into. And that really is even like within us and without us and above us and, you know, through us. It's um, a field that we can plug into through various methods. The way that I access the Akashic Records is through meditation and sacred prayer um, and intuitive channeling. And uh, you can go into the records and inquire about anything that you can tap into that has that, vib that stored vibrational energy or you know, file, if you will. So let's say you want to know about your soul path and, you know, elements, maybe you have specific questions and forming the art of forming the question formulation is such a beautiful practice because it not only on a mental level is a great exercise to attune to what is it that I want to know really, but also um, it energetically opens up things for you. And so Asking the question is actually part of the process. And asking specific questions will yield um, more specific answers for you. So I would say, even if you're like, what the heck are Akashic Records? Or how do I tune into them? Or you feel like you can't, I would say start with a question. Like literally just start asking the questions because you'll start to receive the answers. Ask and you shall receive. That's like a law that we have in this reality. So starting with the question, but with the Akashic Records, then you can go in, tap into your, your guides, um, the ascended masters and teachers, um, also other beings that are there to, to help. And, and yeah, and receive information about what it is that you're asking about. So it could be about yourself, an individual. Um, it could also be about your pet. It could be about a place, a land. And um, because all of those hold vibration. And what I have found is through this process of connection with the Akashic Records, it's also extremely healing. It's this light energy that is so healing. And it's in this container of pure love. And so when you're in the Akashic Records, it's like you're plugging into that energy. And it's all in divine love in support of your journey here in this earth walk. And it's really here to provide guidance for you. 
and you can build a relationship with the records. So that's one way that um, I really like to support myself and support others in my work. It's not, you know, the only way that you can receive information by any means, but it definitely has been one that um, the Kashuk records found me. I did not go looking for them. I didn't know what the heck they were. And um, I went to a reading this, with this intuitive and um, he told me that the Akashic Records would find me, that I would start working with them in the way that he knows them and he works with them and that they would be a part of my life. And I was like, okay, this guy tells everybody that, you know, like, have you ever gone to a psychic <laughs> and you're like, you tell everybody those. And kid you not, that week I got a, an email from my now like who eventually became my mentor i was on her email list because she had worked with my mom but i didn't know that she did this kind of work she was a well, therapist and she was working she worked with my mom and her doctor had recommended her sort of like end of life therapy um if you will they didn't want to call it that but and yeah so i was like who's this woman who's helping my mom out i'm gonna sign up for her email list and then that week i got a message from her about this Akashic record training. And I was like, okay, I have to do this. Like there's no, I'm clearly, th so that's what I mean with the breadcrumbs and the synchronicities. It's like, come on, how can you really pass that up? I could have, I could have made a shit ton of excuses. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't even know. I, I wasn't looking for this, but it felt very right and true for me. So I said, yes. And, um, I feel like that is one thing that has been pretty consistent in my life is that I'm very willing to say yes. Yeah. Um, I thought that that was uh, when you were kind of talking about earlier just in regards to your path. Um, I wanted to stop you and just like emphasize for everyone. It's like when these things are popping up for you and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like you shared when these things are popping up for you, when synchronicities are happening, you know, like if you start hearing something like multiple times like these are things we need to pay attention to these are breadcrumbs we need to at least go try out and and see you know see what happens um because it could be something it could maybe not be but at least you know and <laughs> you know at least you know at least that's that's the way that i look at it yeah and it it could be a doorway into something else, you know? So you think you're walking through one door by saying yes to something and it actually takes you to a different, a totally different location. And maybe that's the way that it needed to happen, you know? So that's where really staying open and in curiosity um, is really helpful without, you know, anchoring or holding, grasping onto what you think it needs to look like. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the pain really derived for myself years ago and so as the more that i let that go and i was able to really trust um the more my path revealed itself and it was only through like you were talking about it was only through lived experience that my path revealed itself it wasn't ever like sitting on my meditation mat and receiving like a ah! moment <laughs> and that maybe happened like once or twice honestly you know like which it's amazing when that happens, but it, it's not, I don't think we're really designed for that. Like we came here to live. Yeah. Yeah. There's a woman I did a, um, a past life regression workshop with, and she was like, understand 
you're on the learning planet. That's what you're here to do. <laughs> this is not hang out. This is not the party planet. This is not the have fun planet or like, you know, like all the time, like this is the learning planet. Um, and I just think that, I mean, it's, uh, I was kind of talking with um, Mark Schaefer, who was my la the last uh, person I interviewed, but the whole thing is that if we went from point A to point Z just immediately, all of those little things that we've learned along the way, we wouldn't know what to do, you know, like, so if you just like decided to have your practice one day and the next day you have this very successful podcast and practice, you'd be like, holy crap, what do I do? Like, I don't even know how to handle this. Right. But because along the way you've had to learn how to have confidence in yourself, had to learn to, you know, trust your decisions, how to work with people, all of those different things. Now, 10 years later, like you got it, you know, like you're on top of it. But those parts of it are just not, I mean, there's no story without drama in the middle. I always say that to myself, like every story would be boring with all the like highs and lows, right? Yeah, yeah. So how is it that you, you use, you, you use, um, how is it that you use the Akashic Records in your personal life now and then also with your clients? Mm -hmm. um, so with the Akashic Records in my own life, it's my relationship has, is ever shift like any relationship, right? Um, there's the courtship at first <laughs> and you're dabbling in, you're getting to know each other and you're building this bridge and the flavor and like how it feels and all of that. So it's very, it was very exploratory. It still is. Um, I think with every relationship, maybe it's nice to keep that spice <laughs> of like the exploration and curiosity because there's always newness to learn. Um, but yeah, for the first several years, it was really just within my own life experience, reading my own records and being in a community where we would meet all the time um, with my mentor and work with each other. So it was a very, I feel so grateful for that sacred community because it was a safe container where it was a few of us who came in a couple times a month or every month and we would do readings for each other we would do exercises with ourselves and it was just a really nice way to um connect and get feedback so i highly recommend that for any type of practice really is to find a community or like a group that you can journey with because um I believe we're never meant to do anything alone, even if it is accessing your own records. Uh, and so that was probably one of the most beautiful experiences that is, has informed my relationship with the records. So I would ask like everyday questions, you know, and I would, I would test out different flavors and, or I would ask the big questions. And then I started playing, well, what if I use tarot along with that? And, you know, or like dancing and I danced with the question. And so just really experimenting and then I started to bring it in, uh, reading others and working with clients. I had a lot of resistance to that, you know, like next step, new, like scary step of like reading others and all those things I mentioned before. But I found that it was so beautiful and people were coming to me and asking me, you know, and so it was a very, um, easeful, I wouldn't say easy, but it felt easeful, uh, a segue into 
bringing this work into my professional work, working with clients around their health and wellness. And so um, we would really look at soul level questions related to some of the health challenges that they've been dealing with. And then it started getting into like even deeper soul level stuff that people wanted to know beyond connections to their actual body or physical symptoms. And I feel that now the majority of people who come to me for the records, it's about these soul level big questions that we have, especially around our path um, and what healing looks like for the individual because it looks so different for each person and it doesn't have to the healing path doesn't have to look like a physically connected healing um and so that's the i feel like the akashic records is a, a much more expanded experience for me now working with people and i still use them in my own life um, you know meditating and connecting and receiving guidance and also connected to the podcast. So I got the message that I was to provide readings for the collective through the podcast. And at that point, I was used to my, you know, my, my, I don't want to call like automatic negative Nancy. Cause I'm like anybody who's named Nancy, I'm so sorry, you know, but like, <laughs> but that, that voice that comes in, that's a protective voice, but she could be mean, like inside of me, she could be mean. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? You're not going to go out there and do this, like put this out into the podcast and everybody can hear you and your family's listening into this, listening and just, you know, like all those things. And I, I was so used to that, that she's really quiet now. Like she's not dominating. She's just quiet. And I'm like, it's all right, girl, I got this. And then like she stops, right? And then you just move through and you do it, <laughs> even though I'm feeling it, like I'm still feeling it in my body. And then you do it and then it's fine. Um, but that has really opened up a next level of work with the Akashic Records for me is looking at collectively, particularly those who are tuning into the podcast, what are the messages that are coming through that we all are journeying with? And it's so fascinating to um, receive feedback from people of like, oh my God, I literally was thinking about this and I listened to your podcast. And, and so I'm not saying that everybody is like that, but um, it's just so, it's humbling because I'm, I know nothing still, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm still learning what, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is this journey with the Akashic Records has brought me deeper into this place of awe and like humbling of myself to stay open, to stay in that place of paying attention and receiving um, and really trusting. And it's like taking me deeper and deeper and deeper into that experience. So yeah, it's really beautiful. If anybody's interested in checking out the collective readings and seeing what comes through there, um, I have to I told a group that I have who listens to it that I have to write it all, write them all down. You just have them like the, what do you call it? The transcripts of the readings because it's so interesting to come back to. Like I forget about them and then you come back to it and it's like, oh, it's still relevant. It's so fascinating. So yeah. That's how I found you as well. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I was, I was actually researching names for my podcast. And um, I found your podcast and then 
line within at the same time, both of you read the Akashic Records. And I had learned about the Akashic Records um, in my crystal geek out that happened all through 2019. <laughs> and I just thought, what an incredible thing. And so when I found your podcast, that was like what initially drew me in. Um, and I love those. I'm sure that you hear it all the time. People are like, I, I always look forward to them every month. It's, it's always like, okay, I need to know what's going on this month. Um, so you I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I bet you do as well. <laughs> I always forget that like even, you know, and, and this is even something within myself that a friend mentioned, but it's like, when you do it, then, or when you see someone who's doing it, you assume that they already know ahead of time. They already know what's going on ahead of time. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to segue into a little bit more of your business stuff. Yeah. Um, you brought up your podcast, which is exactly where I wanted to go. It was perfect. Um, <laughs> So I'd love to just kind of know where the podcast came from in the midst of this journey and kind of certainly now that you talked about bringing the Akashic Records in, like how long did you have your podcast before then? And um, I would just love to know more about that input in regards to, to your business. Yeah. Well, right now I'll start with the present moment because I was reflecting on this. We're at like 142 or 43 episodes now awesome. and um it's been it's been a little over two years and I think that I started doing the collective readings maybe like I don't know like nine months in or something like that or so it, it I had I had done quite a few interviews and it was primarily interview based. And then with moon musings with my um, wonderful friend, Megan Liebman, who we don't do the, the moon musings anymore, but we do do the equinoxes, the solstice and equinox. Uh, and yeah, so I guess how the podcast started, I, mentioned that I was geeking out on interviewing people for years before and like to the point where I would have I would record and I would have them on video I mean just like this <laughs> and or like I'd invite them to my house and we would record we would sit down it was like a talk show but there was nobody listening or watching <laughs> like I I wasn't planning on disseminating in this big way I had a very very small list and I would just share it with my list. So it was primarily for me. And, um, but I knew that I was like, this feels really right and juicy. And I know that I'm going to do something with this someday. So I'm just going to hold on to these because these are so valuable. And I, and I released some of those recordings that I did way back years ago in my current podcast um, so with some of my, my favorite teachers. And I didn't know what a podcast was until like maybe like three years ago or four years ago. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I like that, you know, I don't have to do video because that was the thing is like, I don't mind doing video. I love it. But the logistics of it, it's just like, you know, it takes a little bit longer. I wanted to do something that I could reach people and have a platform for sharing the gifts of others because that's what I'm all about it's like bringing these this, these brilliant people 
on and sharing their gifts of like what I have learned from them or, um, you know, that I want to learn. Cause I'm also like, I'm selfish and I want to <laughs> get them on the podcast so I can ask them all the questions too. Uh, but then I know that that would be valuable for people. And so that's when I was like, I think I want to, I think I want to do a podcast. I don't know how the heck to do a podcast. How do you start a podcast? And so, you know, I, I started doing my digging into like the online business podcasting thing. And I feel that that is one thing um, I would say that I can toot my own horn. I'm very resourceful. You ask me to find something or how to do something, I'm going to find it. I'm going to do it. That's just like who I am. And I feel that's the only thing like that and grit that has kept me on this path for 10 years of trying to build a business <laughs> and building a business finally. Because um, it's been a long, a long journey that was <laughs> very difficult and challenging. But so the podcast came pretty late in my like sort of business game. And um yeah. And that came through, uh, through like meditation. So I incorporated all that work, the Akashic records, meditation in really bringing this vision forward for it. And then the know-how, I just like figured it out and, you know, signed up for a program to teach me how to do that. And then I launched, I launched the podcast and I can't tell you, it's so hilarious because through all the years I've been doing the business, I've like tried blogging. I've tried doing the like weekly newsletter. I've tried, you know, guest speaking and like all these different strategies that they'll teach you. Nothing. I could do nothing consistently. Like it, it felt like such a drag or like I had to force myself. With the podcast, now you know, it is not easy to do a podcast. It is, takes a lot of time and work. You would think that I would not be consistent with that. I have had a guest on for nearly the entire two years every week. I've been on top of it. It's the one thing that like somehow... I show up for it and the universe shows up, shows up for it. And so that's one thing that I've learned too is you can't force everything. And I worked really freaking hard. Like I show up all the time, but also there's something else that is like guiding me and helping me and that's staying, allowing me to stay consistent with this too. Is it always going to be like that? I don't know, but it, it brings me so much freaking joy. I mean, people that are, and like people like you, the listeners who come in and connect with me, I'm like, oh my God, we're all soul people, soul family, you know? And it's, maybe that's what it is. It's like really plugging into some sort of collective energy that is helping to run the engine. But yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. And thanks for asking about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I, I shared with you before, I don't, I don't know that I know any podcaster who's as good of an interviewer as you are. Like you're just, oh, thank you. Incredible. Um, I, I, <laughs> I know I shared with you when you did my reading, I was like, so I want to have you on, but I need more practice interviewing people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but now, I mean, like, I guess I didn't realize that you have an interview like every week, basically. And that is, I mean, that's a ton of practice. So you go girl. Cause I mean, it's hard to have interviews every week. That is a lot of work. Um, I mean, having a podcast, I think in and of itself is a ton of work, but when you're interviewing people, um, that's even more so. So how much of, um, like, how did it shift your business when you, um, when you started doing the podcast, like in regards to, um, obviously it expanded your reach. Obviously it gave you an opportunity to, um, get in front of new people. How much of a supplement has it been to your business? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say it's a, it's a marathon, right? Like it's, it's one of those vehicles that is uh, definitely slow, the, the tortoise, but steady. Like if you're steady with it, then, I mean, you'll go the distance and, um, and you'll do it in a way that, you know, I, I, I feel feels very good and aligned. So in the beginning, it was, it seemed like a lot of work for no return at all, you know, because it's like, even though on an energetic level, I felt the return and I knew that like it would come, it would manifest in a way that was a little bit more tangible eventually, but it was not in the beginning. And it was purely just my like enthusiasm and joy of doing it and also alignment with like knowing that it, this was something that I had to do. So it was a commitment to that. But um, now more recently, it definitely has um, grown. So as I've had more guests on and they share, um, or I come on podcasts, right, for like yours, which I'm so grateful for. And so little by little expanding this, this beautiful energy field and collective of people who are tuning in. And so I get feedback. They let me know, like, that's, that's one thing that I'm, and if anybody is into human design, uh, so if you're aware of human yeah. <laughs> so I'll what, just, what is your, what is your, I was actually going to ask you that too. A manifesting generator. Yes, me too. I thought so. Okay. Yeah. I know. I feel like we can always recognize each other. <laughs> I can always I this and this and this and this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, one of, one of the uh, ways of living in flow is to respond as a manifesting generator, right? And so by that, I mean, for somebody who's not familiar, it's like when the universe prevents, uh, presents an invitation or somebody presents an invitation to you, then you get to respond to it. And that is how my life has been, literally, right? Like I respond to whether somebody's asking you to do something or this or that. And when I'm not, when I try to make something happen, but it's not happening, like that's when it's not in flow. So that's how the podcast has been. And uh, I'm so grateful that it has increased more of the invitations, right? So that it informs me what people actually want, where this is going. Um, it's kind of like the, the blueprint is already there, but it's revealing itself. So that's been incredibly helpful connected to my business because um, I want to, while I have an idea of, you know, 
products or services or whatever that I want to put out, like programs, really, it only makes sense if people want it and need it. <laughs> and so, um, and I've made that mistake before, for sure, putting together an entire program thinking it's like kick ass and, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is amazing. I put so much stuff in this. And then like, crickets nobody buys right I've made that mistake before we'll never make it again <laughs> and you know now I hear like all these people who teach about business and stuff it's like no you gotta like learn and survey and pre-sell and like all that stuff that I didn't know about yeah so the the podcast I think uh brings another um channel of information that helps to inform me it also connects me with other people and my my greater vision is really a community vision. It's to connect with especially healers and helpers and to create a community um, plugged into this, this work of, of healing and health and wellness so that we can all support each other and really uplift one another. Do I know what that's going to look like? I don't at all, but I, I feel that that's what's pulling me forward. And I think the, the podcast is a part of that because I can connect with a lot of heal, healers and helpers and teachers as well. And those who are listening in. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I feel like it's uh, informing my business in a lot of different ways. And, and then of course, you know, introducing people to me who maybe want to work with me. And um, I would say that my podcast currently is probably the number one source of like new new clients or new people um, in terms of audience, which has been amazing and a blessing. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. I think it's just, I mean, I wanted to certainly bring that up and talk about it because like most things in our world, people assume that as soon as you start, you're going to blow up and like, you know, um, I mean, I've had my marketing agency since 2012. And it does not, every prospect I've ever talked to, every like business owner or whatever, like, and even I do it myself, we assume that everyone's just like hanging out, like waiting for us, you know, that when we put something out there, they're going to be like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, like, <laughs> even if they don't like it, that they're going to be sitting there and waiting for us in some mm -hmm. manner or form. but like everything it takes so it's my number one advice is always consistency you know consistently show up consistently do the thing you know i was having this conversation with um my boyfriend just last week because to get the podcast episode out it was like ugh, it was like coming out of my skin and even you know when i recorded it he was like how did it go and i was like you know I just got to keep showing up and, um, and I didn't, I, I was, I was having one of those days where I wasn't really being very kind to myself. So I was like, I'm, I don't really, I, I think it was good. I, you know, I'm not sure, but it's going to go out and that's just, I can't have a 100 A plus episode every week. You know, I've just got to keep doing my best. It's just part of it. So I love that you shared that because I think it puts, you know, it helps people to have more perspective around how long it actually takes to start having some kind of um, impact on either your business or your life or whatever the case it may be. Uh, thank you for saying that too. And 
for speaking into your experience with it because I have those all the time, you know, like I, and that's one of the things is you're not going to be a hundred percent all the time. It's not, it's not meant to like, you're meant to also learn through this process and, you know, and, and uh, there's logistical things that happen, tech that fails, like <laughs> inevitable, it's <laughs> going to happen. And so, like you said, that consistency and, um, what I have found is it's like this interesting balance between the consist, like committing to the consistency and the trust and the showing up, but also honoring if it like eventually, if it starts to feel misaligned, you know, or like if they're, like I mentioned before with like the blogging or the guest blogging, I was trying to make that happen. All the doors were shut. I was trying to force it and it just wasn't aligned. And while this feels definitely more aligned, um, you still have to, like you said, put in the work and show up and commit because it's that co-creative process. Yeah, which is huge. Yeah, I 1000%. I think it is. And I'm glad you shared that because I think that um, there is that hustle mentality. There is that like, fake it till you make it that like, you know, so if you decide to do this, you have to like beat it into the ground, even if it's not feeling right, even if it's all of those things. And I think it is really, really important. Um, probably like yourself, like for me anyway, like if I can't do it, it just, it's not happening for too long. You know, like if it's not aligned, it's just flat out. I'm not going to put the, like, even unconsciously, I won't show up as right. my, like, I won't be able to do it. And I think it's really important for us to a try, you know, cause that's how you find out. Um, but then like you talked about to honor that, if it's, if it's just not your past, not a problem, at least, you know, <laughs> yes. Yeah. The like, and what you were talking about, if it's not aligned and like the self-sabotage essentially, right. The, that's one thing that looking back, if you could see 2020 hindsight, um, way easier to see that in the past, but I definitely had limiting beliefs and blocks and programmings that prevented me from showing up in the way that I needed to, preventing me from committing. And um, would I have been able to do this podcast like even six years ago, 10 years ago? Probably not. Probably not. There was a lot of stuff I had to move through around my voice and sharing my voice and like beliefs in myself. Um, so honoring where you're at, but then also like, like you're saying, paying attention to what might those programmings and conditionings and beliefs be so you can actually work through them if you believe that there is some self-sabotage happening there too. Yeah. I'm like you. I mean, I've, I've wanted a podcast for several years, but it wasn't until last year where I was like, all right, I know what I want to talk about. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I obviously could talk with you all day, um, but we will go ahead and kind of wrap up here. I want to finish out with my lightning round. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm kind of nervous. Okay, let's it's do fine. it. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Um, okay, first question. What is the one habit you can't live without? Hmm, meditation. 
and meditate. I usually meditate in the morning. It doesn't always look that way. I'm, I could be loosey goosey, but I have to. And meditation looks different too. But as long as I tune in, um, it's a daily. I have to. Yeah. Meditation. Okay. Number two. What does spirituality mean for you? Hmm. Huge. <laughs> spirituality is. Oh, it's connecting with and living in an embodied way, connecting with uh, who you are at a soul level and, um, and opening up to the support and the unseen, the unseen reality that, that we're living with. Um, and and connecting at that like really heart level with that. And so I feel that no matter what your beliefs are, spirituality is that um, way of being and living where you're working with forces that are larger than yourself, where you know that you are connected with things that are larger than yourself and with, with everything and, um, and really honoring that so you can live more in that flow state like we were talking about and really receive be open to receive the support that's available to you because there's so much support and so often we close ourselves off to that support so yeah that's what that answer is today it would probably be different tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> no i love that i love that um okay number three what is your advice to anyone who's looking to find purpose <clears throat> Create the space for you to connect. And so by that, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, clear out distractions. Speaking of clearing, clearing throats, clear out distractions, clear out, uh, clear out the stories, clear out space and time, um, clear out everything that is not you. And then there is no other, it's like when we clear everything out and we clear our space, it's like the only thing left is you and that connection that we all have. And what I have found is that um, so often we clutter that connection or we feel like we can't connect to it because we've had so much in the way for so long. So I would say the first step really is to assess and begin to clear the spaces that need to be cleared. I love that. I feel like that's a very root answer, which is awesome. Okay. Last question. Where can people find you online? And I'm going to be providing all the links and stuff. Um, I know you've got like a free course, like there's a bunch of different ways to connect with you. So what, what are the best, what are the best places? Yeah. Um, well, you can find me. My website is wildlyrooted.com and I do have a free course. It's called Wildly Unstuck and you'll find that at wildlyrooted.com forward slash unstuck or just go to the web main website and you'll find it. And that is a legit like 
free, totally free, I think it's like five or six module program that walks you through the top things that I have found that sabotage your, your health or your path through um, your health journey. And so looking at health mindset and that's sort of like the first places to start. You were talking about, you know, from some first steps. There's quite a few first steps there. If you feel like this interview resonated with you and you want to dive deeper. So I encourage you to check that out. And I hang out on Instagram. Uh, I'm, that's another one where I'm consistent, but in like this flowy kind of way. So I have my ebbs and flows with Instagram, but I love connecting with people over there. My handle is wildly rooted. So I would love for you to shoot me a DM. Let me know that you listened in, connect with me. And um, yeah, and then of course the podcast. So the podcast is Feed Your Wild podcast and that can be found in all the places where you might find a podcast so apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast i think now they have a new podcast platform instead of google play um yeah so check that out let me know i'd love to connect with you awesome awesome i feel like the course was like a perfect kind of actionable item in regards to my question about finding purpose because you said unclutter and then you're like hello here's my course totally Perfect. and in there we, we talk about that as one of the steps so that was a beautiful segue yeah <laughs> no it's awesome um i'll definitely be sure to include the link in the notes all right thank you so much for coming and being with us well being thank with me you. <laughs> yes and in your beautiful community thank you so much for having me i love doing these <laughs> No, it's been awesome. Like I said, I could talk to you all day. All right, folks. <laughs> now I want to hear from you. What nugget of nutritional wisdom did you learn today? Share your answer with me today on Facebook or Instagram at Soul Driven Podcasts or send me an email at soldrivenpodcasts at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If today's message was inspiring, Inspirational. Please leave me an iTunes review, share this episode on social media, and with those you love. Don't forget to sign up for the email list. Awesome downloads are coming soon that will only be shared with that community. And don't forget, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. Have an awesome day. Bye. Bye.